Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Well, welcome, friends, to the second half of our uh, edition here. This is On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. You can always click on us at khen.org and listen to what we're up to. We've got Alan Lane today, and what we're talking about is the Colorail meetings that are coming up and our response to those meetings. I was proposing that we all meet in Howard uh, and have... uh, brunch one Saturday. It looks like the first chance at that is going to be the 25th day of March. Alan, does that look good to you from where you are? What we'd want to do then is invite all who listen to this show and get there to Howard so we can decide what we want to ask for. Because yeah, this is the time for the ask. Rick White is our engineer. You may hear him dropping in. I thought we might have heard something from from Alan a second ago. Alan, what did we hear from you? Yeah, 25th, 25th is good for me, better than the 11th. All right. This last week, we the rail community here in Colorado has been kicking around the uh, whole Rail Passenger Association response, really, to the Front Range Passenger Rail study that's out. You can read it. You can look at it. And uh, we are getting local groups like this one that's uh, going to meet on the 25th at the Howard Cafe for brunch. That's what we're trying to promote, trying to get that to, to really happen here. Now, Alan, what's your impression of how that's going? I think it's moving quite a, along quite well. There is a new group that has formed, uh, the Greater Denver Transit Group, that is starting to push the local core route between Fort Collins and Pueblo, pushing that rail tying it into RTD. They want to be able to, to connect this front range rail with the airport in Denver. They want to be able to tie it into the uh, new line that's, that they're uh, getting ready to create in Boulder that goes out to Boulder. So they want to be able to make it not just you know an I-25 corridor rail line, but a real community line for various other uh uh, expansions uh, all the way up to Cheyenne and possibly even all the way down to uh, Trinidad. That's exciting, yeah. It is, it is, yeah. I mean, that, that makes it a major rail line across the state. That's a big, long, it's a, a good, long line. There are two websites. If the listeners would like to go to them, 
The first is Colorail. That's that's what we're talking about now, their Colorail newsletter. It's uh, colorail.org, and you can go online, and they will keep you apprised of what's doing from their their viewpoint. And the greaterdenvertransit.com is the website for the Frontline Rail itself. Those are two pretty interesting and, and comprehensive websites, always with updates. A Greater Denver Transit actually has a list on their website of people you should contact if you want to throw your support behind the Front Range Passenger Rail Line. You know, it's a pretty popular program. I'm, I'm surprised they, they were giving some statistics on it about people who would actually use the rail, who think the rail would be important and so forth. And it's a vast majority of, of respondents think this is a vital lifeline for the Front Range. Any groups that form, like this greaterdenvertransit.com, that brings in a different group. Each new group that joins in this effort, that brings a new group. So that's so important. And some of these groups are citizen groups, and some of these groups are rail groups, and some of these groups are engineering groups. So it still takes that combination of technology and society and uh, etc. in order to make the project go well and make sure that you don't miss anything, you don't leave anything out. They are all important and uh, you need to check all the little squirrely holes where people will hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have we heard anything from the top political leadership? Suppose it's early. Well, you know, the, the Build Back Better build had a huge infrastructure segment for building rails. Uh, Biden himself is very rail friendly thinks that that should be done. Buttigieg and the transportation, one of his big pushes is to make the rails responsible and promote the safety and upkeep of infrastructure for railroads. So I think we've got a pretty rail-positive political cadre that, that are willing to work for rail. Does Buttigieg lets out the money? Yes. He, he basically controls the – well, actually, what he controls is oversight more so than money. Money has to come from Congress, but he controls the oversight of the projects and the bus- the way the businesses are run and so forth. He's just, he's already involved in the thing with the, in Palestine, Ohio, that he wants to reinstate the safety rules that the Trump administration relaxed to make sure that when hazardous waste comes through your community, they are in containers that are more much safer than they are now, and that local communities know that hazardous materials are moving through. I read this newspaper account of a single-hull single hull tank car full of uh, very bad stuff that exploded and burned just about a week ago. Right. And I thought, nobody hauls anything in those anymore. They, where did they, they even find them? I don't know where they found them, but it does happen that they still use those single-hull because the prior administration said that's an overreach. That actually the railroad was pushing back on uh-huh. restrictions, and then uh, they gave in to the railroad. But that looks like that's getting ready to change. They could have saved all the insurance payouts. The the recent derailment is going to be a huge expense to the railroad because they're they're not only going to have to pay for the cleanup, they're going to get fined for it as well. So it's going to be a huge expense. Penny wise, pound foolish. So in a way, the Congress could walk in here and change all that right now if they wanted to. If they wanted to, yeah. 
no one pretends to know the mind of Congress, so you have to continue with your plans until uh, until it doesn't happen. But I think right now the momentum has been gathering, and I think is now to the point where it looks like it, that they will have some success in this. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, and also, I think it's an uptime in terms of memberships. We've got quite a few people joining Colorail, Colorado right. Association of Railroad Passengers, which I always point out, you can still join for, what is it, 10 or 12 bucks a year, the cheapest group you'll ever you'll ever <laughs> join. And it's just a, it's amazing to me that people like Jim Salby, who continue to go down there on their own time, buy their own lunch, and attend committee meetings where they are opposed by the automobile manufacturers, belay the whole power structure. But even that power structure is changing because I noticed AAA is saying, well, you know, let's start to work with you guys. Let's maybe work with automobile and wheel and steel rail. As a former resident of the Northeast Corridor, I can attest to the the fact of, of the convenience and the service that a good rail line provides. It make, makes a big difference. In people's lives, too. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what we're going to do about scoff laws. I mean, that big explosion in Ohio, I mean, that's scoff law. That's all there is to it. I mean, they know sending out tank car loads full of hazardous material, unsafe tank cars. Right. They know that, that that's going to turn around and bite them. They and for us, for our yeah. listeners, why don't you explain what scoff law is? Oh, a scoff law. This, these are for people who they know there's a law, or at least in that case, a standard, and they scoff at it. They say, I don't care. Oh, oh. I don't care. I'm scoffing at that. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I'm just going to go ahead and do what I want to do. What I want to do is keep using these beat up old tank cars that if they explode, oh, well, insurance company will pick it up. But I don't think so. I think the, probably the insurance companies will gradually come around to saying. Yeah, they'll get turned. No, yeah, yeah I, I think so. Well, they just had Amchak just put out bids for new passenger cars for the Zephyr and the Southwest Chief. Nice. Amchak's big thing now is to completely replace the fleet that they've got. They've already ordered, I don't know how many new engines. Upwards so, of 100. Yeah. yeah. They're, so they're starting with new power functions for the railroads, and then they're going to start uploading the cars. I've seen the cars that on, on the new Northeast Corridor line, and they are quite fancy. It's a real difference. So I'm kind of looking forward to what they're going to put on the line distance lines. Are those cars kind of like commuter cars? They're commuter cars. They've expanded their Wi-Fi capabilities, power stations, workstations, comfortability for the passengers in, in all sorts of different configurations, and uh, sleeker, quieter, that you don't get the noise from the rail. So they've made a lot of improvements to the, to the passenger cars. Well, and people like me who feed into the, uh, what do we, we used to call it, impaired community, I mean, when I get on, I have to have a friend walking along with me, holding my, if I'm going to go overnight, especially, schlepping around my oxygen machine so that I get some oxygen. The the newer cars are, they say, those cars are going to have more space to put your oxygen machine. 
mm-hmm. which I hope is true. You know, something you get on rail cars, and I've been uh, happily surprised by this, is that you get a, a regular 110 plug, maybe two. One of your machines can plug into that, or you can charge your phones or computers. Sometimes the uh, train cars seem a little cold because they, they over-air condition them. And I bought an electric blanket and plugged in an electric, <laughs> not an electric blanket, electric throw. Mm-hmm. It, it just for comfort, because I found that cars, and this was in the summer, but I found them kind of cool overnight. Oh, it's so fun to watch the long trains, the Santa Fe chief uh, going eastbound or westbound and the people, the families that get on and they're getting on with pillows and blankets. And they pretty much uh, set up like a young family will set up a little campsite between two uh, seats that are facing each other. It's quite it's warming to see mm-hmm. how, yeah. how you make yourself comfortable on the train for a, a 10 to 20 to 30 hour ride. Well, you know, when the chief just cut service due to the pandemic, it really wreaked havoc with the local people's commutes. For some communities, that's how they get from place to place. Is right. by it's a very important service, and I don't think it needs to go away. I wish they had more of them, but uh, yeah. now most people afford cars. But gasoline being uh, a big issue, the price of oil being such a big issue, there may be less driving and more training. You see a lot of, I, are they Amish uh, people that yes. don't drive and they use the trains to get that's from a, yeah, that's place how they to get place? To the, to the hospitals. And the, Very common. To visit relatives and see other communities. Yeah. 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 That religious thing, do you think, with them mainly? or The strictures of their, of their religion is that those technical advancements since the founder are not considered useful. They're, they're not part of their society. So they they don't have zippers. They only have buttons. They don't mm. uh, use electricity. They use gas and water power and other forms of power that were available when the sect was founded. It's just the rules of, of how their society is supposed to be run. So when we're talking about reduction of carbon emissions, they're probably the leaders in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's it's amazing trying to keep up with it all. It just blows my mind. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Why the future belongs to somebody else. I think it does. I, yeah. I was just talking to my son a couple of days ago in Thailand. And of course, Thailand, they're, they're going the opposite way. They really, really are. You're not going to see individual anythings before long in Thailand. Hard to believe they'd give up their tuk-tuks. I guess not. Well, they're talking about moving to the USA. My granddaughter will be uh, going to college here starting this fall. So that'll change that equation. Well, all right. So we've got these meetings coming up. We've got the local railroad meeting coming up. We're going to try to relate to what we now call greaterdenvertransit.com and be sure to get on their mailing list. Both of those websites, the Greater Denver and the Colorail, have contact information where you can send in your comments. And they actually ask that you do that, that you give them an opinion of what's going on. So it's a good way to get your voice heard. And I'll make sure to announce the, whenever we decide what time the 25th is going to be. (laughs) Jeez, what an organized group. We'll put the actual date and time on the Cahen calendar. There you go. Yes. 
There you go. Yeah. Okay, we've covered the main items. We do have a new group in town, Greater Denver Transit. We want to get them in there. We Thursday night will be the board meeting of Colorail, and uh, that's uh, tomorrow night, and I'll try to, to get on there and listen to some of that. I think Alan Lane is going to. He's got his ear to the rails, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I so I can hear the train coming. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> You know, we forget to thank our engineer, Richard White, Rick White, who really runs this train. We just sit back here in the caboose and put our feet up and feel the warmth. We need some warmth today. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, we've Cold been having some, uh, some beautiful and some pretty intense weather in the Central Rockies in the last couple of weeks. After having several weeks of very clear, very temperate for this time of year, and then last Wednesday, we got a dump here in Salida that uh, was measurable, and the (laughs) temperatures dropped very low. (laughs) But we need it. We'll take every bit of it we can get, and we're getting a little bit of it today. All right. Well, on that note, that's it for uh, your rail show. On the rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. All right, we're going to give a high ball and get out of here. Let's yeah. get okay, here. I got the fusey pop. A couple people say, you say fusey wrong. Let me know, how do you say fusey? We always said fusey, but apparently it's it's when you pop the top on that and it begins to flare, or you could just call it a roadside safety flare. flare. We are calling fusey. Anyway, I popped the fusey. I'm going to toss, toss it off the back of the caboose here into the snow as we go rolling along with our engineer, Rick, Rick White, is going to open up the throttle. All right, Rick, and we got to give the high ball from back here. I've got my lantern out. I'm staying braced, stay well braced as we get ready to give the high ball. Four, three, two, one. High ball. High, high ball. ball. High Thank ball. You. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Forrest.